So I'm here with my mom, and um, we're going to talk about how I was first adopted. So, um, mom, can you please tell me about when you first found out that I was going to be, when you're going to be my parents? Okay, so I remember I was driving home. I was tutoring some kids, and I was driving home, and it was exactly 4.07, and my phone rang. And I thought for sure it was going to be your dad. So I wasn't even very professional when I answered. I was just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> you know. And I got this, uh, it was not your dad. I got this voice on the other line that said, you know, this is Anna from the adoption agency. And mm -hmm. we are just letting you know that we have this baby. And we thought for sure that he just looked like a quick and all baby and wondered if you guys would be interested. And of course I was interested immediately. You know, we had just adopted DJ six months before so we weren't really mm. looking to adopt again right away but you know this was God's plan this was God's plan so I was all mm. about it but obviously I had to talk to your dad so I told her give me a minute I'll talk to him so I prayed really really quick and I had to pull over I was parked in the park um on the way home so that I could talk and kind of calm myself mm. down and um so I called your dad after I prayed really hard and he was, and he surprised me because he was like, "Yeah, sure, you know." Uh -huh. So I called Anna back, and I I told her that we were definitely interested, and she gave me the information, and she said that we would even be able to go meet you tonight, or like that night, at the foster home, and um, we'd have to wait until the next day or two to be able to pick you up and bring you home with us, but we could go meet you. So um, I called your dad back, and he hurried home, and we. Um, you know, got together, we got a babysitter for Mitchell and DJ, and we took off, and we had to go all the way over to Muskegon to meet you. Born and, and I was fostered at. Yep, you were, yeah, exactly. was born in Kalamazoo. So. Right, but you stayed in a foster home in Muskegon area. So on our way over there, we got a call from Anna again, and she said that um, we could take you home with us that night. And we were a little scared because we hadn't signed any paperwork or anything like that, so... Uh, we asked her what we were going to do, and we worked it out. So we were going to meet somewhere on Alpine after we got you. So we went, and um, we showed up at uh, your foster home and um, met you and brought you home with us. And we met Anna on Alpine in Bennigan's parking lot. Bennigan's is a restaurant. It's not there anymore, I don't oh. think. But um, signed the paperwork and brought you home. And we were home by 7.30 that night. So from four oh seven to seven thirty, so in about three and a half hours, we had a baby. Yeah, can you like, can you like describe the moment, the first when you first saw me? Like when I first saw you. Well, first of all, before we showed up there, we were super, super, super excited, but also like really unprepared because Mitch and DJ weren't babies anymore. They were almost three years old when you were born. So all my baby stuff was in storage. And um, so we didn't even have a crib up anymore. So we were really unprepared. But we were so excited and so nervous because we were going to meet the foster parents. And we didn't know much about you. But we also knew that you were coming with some health issues. And we weren't sure we were ready to parent that. But we just were really trusting God. So when we pulled up to the foster home and dad and I got out we knocked on the door and um your foster mom's name was Mary and Mary came to the door and she was holding you and I cannot even tell you what she said to us how she invited us in or anything because I just remember eye locking 
on you well in Mary's arms and I was like instantly in love like I was like this is my baby but um your dad grabbed you first <laughs> so I was a little jealous because dad got to hold you first he's <laughs> been saying things funny things yeah well saying. no he didn't say anything funny about you then but, but he was the first one to lock down because he knew I was going to be a daddy's boy right and you still are a daddy's boy well. but um like you were huge to me like, because you were nine pounds, nine ounces when you were born. And then um, with some of your health issues, you had to go on some steroids. And you were in the hospital for quite a while. So those steroids puffed your face up really big. And you were just a big baby anyways. So, um, and you had like these white spots on you, like um, some eczema stuff. So you were an interesting looking baby, we'll say. But you were so perfect to me, you know, and... uh you know that dad still teases you today. He always says that you were the ugly baby. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that he loves you. Yeah. But in my eyes as your mom, right from that very first second, like I just thought you were perfect. I didn't see all the puffiness and just that you looked different. And, and that stuff went away within a month anyway. So then you looked back to a normal baby. But I didn't see it anyways. You were perfect to me. Um, what is something I have taught you since you adopted me? Oh, boy. I would say if I had to um, sum up one word that you've taught me is like uh, probably resilience. Do you know what resilience means? So resilience means like um, bouncing back after something and never giving up, you know, or like perseverance. You know, perseverance means never giving up. So I guess those are the big words, you know, perseverance and resilience. And I say that because when you were born... You were born um, with a hole in your heart. You were born with pneumonia. And you were born with hypoglycemia. So those are the reasons you were in the hospital for so long. And not only that, but you were also born your um, to a mom that left you at the hospital. You know? And so you didn't have people to come see you and love on you at the hospital like most babies do. You know, because we didn't even know about you. You didn't come to us until you were five and a half weeks old. So we didn't know about you. You hadn't been placed in foster care. You were just in the hospital, and nobody other than nurses and stuff came to see you and love on you. And, of course, you had all these medical issues. And then um, fast forward that a little bit, and um, then you were brought to us. And we were told that you were going to have to have open heart surgery before you were even one years old. And, you know, you'd be on all these medications for hypoglycemia and, you know, your pneumonia and all that stuff. And because of the pneumonia and um, the heart stuff, you do have severe asthma. But outside of that, you're, the hole in your heart closed after, you know, only a few months. And that wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. You know, so you bounced back and you became a super strong person. And, you know, when we knew that you had these health issues, our vision of you was you were going to have to be that kid that really made his mark on the world by using his brain, you know, because we didn't think that you would be able to be super active, even though we were kind of a sporty family. We didn't think mm-hmm. that you were going to be able to be active. Especially dad. Right. But um, uh, you overcame that. So you are making your world mark by using your brain, but also you're so active and you're so good at your sports, you know. So that was definitely you showed grit and you persevered. 
And, um, you know, if you look at your hockey career, you play in a sport that's, you are a minority for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you've only ever played against three, maybe four African Americans in your career and you've been playing since you were five. Mm -hmm. So in 11 years, you've only played for against three or four other African Americans. So you're definitely a minority and you've definitely felt the effects of being a minority before because you, um, you've been called some derogatory names You've been treated poorly because of some of the, you know, people just don't have open hearts. So that stuff has never stopped you, though. You've never said, I don't want to be in this sport because I'm black, you know, and I get teased or whatever. It's just made you stronger and you persevered and you bounce back. You show that resilience and here you are living your dream, you know. So I definitely there's so many things you've taught us. But those two are definitely the biggest thing, and um, we've never had any regrets. You know, I would never regret taking you on such a whim like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the phone call on the side of the road at 4 o'clock, and by 7.30 you were home. It was a very, very, very quick, life-changing decision, but I, I never regret it because we've learned so much from you and your adoption and just watching your journey, and we continue to uh, pray for you and... Uh, are excited for where you go next. Yeah. So, maybe that's it? I wouldn't say that's it. I would say that's it for this podcast. But I bet you there's so much more we could talk about after this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. I love you. You too.